everybody. Welcome to episode 102 of Eat, Drink, Write, an Urban Fantasy Whiteboard. Today, we're going to talk about pacing. We've, we've talked pieces about pacing, but I don't think we've ever done a real deep dive on what pacing is. Yeah. So we're going to do that today. But first, how was your week? Um, I think the same as the rest of the weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I know that's going to become a boring answer, but well, and also maybe a little bit worse. So <laughs> A little Um, bit worse. Yeah, I just, I did, I figured something out that made the last three weeks of work pretty much useless. Um, So I have to redo it all. And it's, it's like bittersweet because my boss was really impressed that I figured out this problem, but also like, I wish I had figured it out three weeks ago. Like that would have been nice. Yeah. Um, So, you know, there's that, but uh, just busy, um, working a lot. Uh, My fiance and I celebrated Valentine's Day this weekend uh, because she'll be busy with surgeries and stuff and work next weekend. Well, that's Um, nice. Yeah. So that was really lovely. We went out to a sushi dinner is our tradition and um, all that. So it was, it was very lovely. That's fun. Yeah. How's your week? I I don't even know when the last time (laughs) I talked to you was. Um, Mm. Did I tell you about our trip to Alabama? I don't know that I did. I don't remember. Uh, Yes. Yes. I think you did. Because it was. um, When did you come back? (laughs) I I don't even know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No, you did. You did. You did. Because we talked a week ago when we were recording the last episode. And I think you had. just you were too back. tired. Yeah, you were too tired to record. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we recorded the next night. That's what happened. Okay. 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 So we know that's, about that. <laughs> that's the last important thing that happened in my life. I don't remember this week. I'm, I'm, I've got, I had court Friday and I've got court all next week. So everything is blah, 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 blah yeah, right now. Yeah, feel that. I mean, word. <laughs> and then just now when we were trying to log on to to do this episode, my computer decided to break down and I had a panic attack because I thought, oh my God, I've got Zoom cord. I have to have a computer. I'm going to be running to Best Buy and buying a brand new computer today. So yeah, yeah I'm a little a panicked right now. My adrenaline's up there. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I, I think I told you, uh, you know, I asked if you had turned it off and back on and you said, you know what? I have not. So I know that's your issue. (laughs) The first thing you're supposed to do is turn it off and turn it back on again. And that was the one thing I hadn't done. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And of course that <laughs> fixed it. So yeah, all the IT people out there are going, you dummy, that's the first yeah. thing you're supposed to do. I'm like, I know. Yeah. Well, what are you eating and drinking? Um, I'm drinking a stress relief tea. It's honey lavender and oh, meant to, to calm you down a little bit. And I think that's something that I'm going to need a lot over the next three months mm-hmm. um, because, oh, in, in exactly three months, I will have defended my thesis the day before. So wow. I might be dead by then. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. I need to know that date to make sure I can plan court around it. It's we can talk about it, but yeah, definitely, (laughs) but I'm not missing that. So if I have court, somebody's going to have to cover for me. Yeah. I'll let you know. It's not set in stone yet. I'll know more, um, in a couple of weeks. So I'll let you know. Wow. That's crazy though. (sighs) It's a little nerve wracking. Hence the stress relief tea. Yes. Well, Um, I went the opposite way. I'm drinking (laughs) coffee with lots of sugar in it. So I'm going to be bouncing off the walls. That's not stress relief. <laughs> no, it's not stress relief, but I've got that peppermint mocha mm. creamer in it. So it's very tasty. That sounds lovely. Yeah, it is lovely. 
That's awesome. It's also very early. Like we're actually recording early in the day for once. Mm -hmm. Um, So I ate eggs and a bagel for the food. Your dad made uh, steak and onions and eggs for breakfast. So I'm spoiled rotten. (laughs) That sounds wonderful. I should have come. I should have come home for that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Y'all are coming home for the Super Bowl, right? We are talking about it. We'll see how um, Sid feels. She's going to be super tired this weekend. Uh, Oh, because of the surgeries. Yeah, so yeah. we're hoping that she'll uh, that we'll come over for the Super Bowl and take a break from work because I'll also be doing ten hour days this week, so I'll mm-hmm. also be tired. And I think a, a break and coming to see some family would be very good. That would be good. Yeah, I'll be exhausted too the, after court week. Yeah, yeah. So, so, all right, let's jump into pacing. All righty. So oh, I we, did. I you started, started it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, what is pacing? Again, I like to go over some definitions before we get. Uh, too deep into the episodes that we're all on the same page on what we're talking about and exactly what we're discussing. Mm -hmm. Um, So pacing is a huge part of creating a well-rounded and cohesive story to like make it make sense for your readers and to have it feel right, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So what is it? It's the speed at which a story unfolds. Or the speed at which the action takes place, I think, also. Not just the way the story unfolds, although that's it too. But also, yeah, because that could be more plotting yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think you're right. I think the way uh, the action takes place is a very good um, way to put it because it's more about the, the timing of things as opposed yeah. to the events that take place. Yeah, it's not, I'm not saying when I'm talking about action, I'm not talking about only the action scenes. It's action as a whole. Like right. even the sitting on the couch and having nothing going on is an action. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it's the rhythm and flow, the the rise and falls of the plot points and events. Uh, so not necessarily what is occurring in the events, but how they come about within your story mm-hmm. um, and how quickly or slowly you're telling the story to your readers. Mm-hmm. So the same thing is, you know, think of your walking pace. Some people walk very quickly and you have a fast pace uh, versus some people who meander and move a little bit more slowly and they have a slower pace. It's the same for writing. And you're going to have that kind of feeling and that atmosphere and tone within your writing as you go. Well, and just like that with your analogy, you can't be at a full run all the time. Right. There, yeah. There has definitely. to be points where you're walking and meandering and there are going to be points when you're running full steam ahead. But if you tried to do any of those things all the way through the book, your reader would have a heart attack and die. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, that's true. You I can't mean, always have them on the edge of the seat. Yeah. Like, think of those moments when we read like Karen Monning is a master at it. And if she was like that 100% all the way through, I would have a heart attack before it would the, be exhausting. Died. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you definitely have to change it up. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, you do. That's exactly right. You have to definitely change your, your timing and your pacing of things. Um, so why is pacing important? And I think we talked a little bit about it just there. Uh, we don't want to give our readers a heart attack. We also don't want them to be bored. Um, Correct. So you can completely control your reader's experience through pacing. So when they relax or when they're on the edge of your seat, like you said, you know, if they're, uh, if it's very fast paced all the time and, you know, they're tense and uh, suspenseful, you know, that's going to be very tiring for your reader. I agree. Um, Versus like, if you have too many slow scenes or too many drawn out, like long descriptive um, points of your work, uh, you know, they might get bored. Yeah, I think we all have come across books where we kind of skip, you know, where you're reading and you're like, this is kind of boring. And so you just kind of skim the page. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to not 
do that for your reader. You want to use the pacing to um, keep them invested in your book. Engaged is the perfect word. Absolutely. Um, Pacing can also keep your story feeling more realistic for your reader. Like, you know, because you said you can't run all the time. Like there's no way that you can keep going at that pace forever. Um, and going slow, like you're just, you're never going to get anywhere if you're going slow all the time. So by changing like the speed of which your actions and events take place within your novel, it's going to feel more real and more engaging to your reader. Yeah. And even in action adventure, um, stories, which are some of my favorite, you can't, the hero couldn't keep that up either. And so it would be unrealistic if you had them, Somehow it would be like they're a superhero and that's not the whole point. Well, that may be the point of what you're writing, but if it's not a superhero book, you know, you've got to be realistic and pacing can help you do that. Absolutely. Um, I I think the key is balance. You know, Um, I found a great analogy. So think about it as music. It's the highs and the lows combined that makes a song appealing to us. If it was just a single flat note, it would be boring. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. you know that who wants to listen to that? It's it's those <laughs> notes all mixed together. And that was a beautiful out. note, <laughs> wasn't that? Yeah, you could tell I'm a great singer. It was gorgeous. <laughs> I sounded like a dying pig or something. Oh no, <laughs> no, they squeal. That was that was uh, more. That was a, a moose mating a mating call for a. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, I'm not even drinking this morning. I don't know what is wrong with me. <laughs> You're just weird. It's fine. We're right. It is. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I think that's a really great point though. Like the, the music analogy. Cause I, you know, I played instruments all through school. You guys, uh, had me in orchestra, um, cause mm-hmm. I picked the violin to play. So that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, you know, the music analogy is really great cause you have crescendos, you know, the rising of, mm-hmm. uh, volume. And then you have like the the very quiet, which makes it feel slow. And a lot of the time those notes can be very slow and drawn out. And, and I think that's a great analogy. I think you know, awesome. and thinking about watching movies, there's always music in the background and think about how in the action points, it is the crescendos and the, you know, uh, the, they use music to help the pacing in, in movies. And you're going to use your words to help the, the pacing in your books. I was going to say, I don't know. I can't remember if we've done an episode on using music for writing. Um, we because should. we should, because there are, I have a writing playlist that, uh, makes me want to write like just the sound of it. There's something about it that you know, inspires me to write. Mm-hmm. And so I have a playlist that's full of those songs and some of them are very fast paced. And I can tell when I'm writing using that song, like my writing also gets very fast paced as well. And sometimes <laughs> I have to go back there and be like, that's not the right pacing. That, this, that but, is not right. Yeah. But I can also go and pick and choose songs that I know will match the scene that I'm trying to write. So mm-hmm. I think it'd be fun to do an episode on that. It would. That would be, that's a good idea. Okay. That would be nifty. Yeah. Um, so how can we think about pacing in our own writing specifically? How do we actually apply this to what we are working on right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and I found a great website that breaks down pacing into seven quick tips. And I love these types of websites. They're Me my too. favorite things. Um, and this one is writersedit.com slash fiction writing for seven quick tips quick tips for mastering pacing in your story. Wow. Say that 10 times fast. Holy cow. Okay. Let me try. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, <Moving> so, on. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to, no, I'm not doing that. Um, so the first one is break down the structure of your story. You know, look at the individual events and scenes of your novel. Yeah. I, I think 
that might not happen on your first draft. That well, oh, it depends. Uh, yeah, I think I mean, that would be hard. If you're a pantser, there isn't much planning ahead of time. But if yeah. you're a planner, which you know, I think the more you write, the more planner you become. Yeah, it's a great tip that you can break down the structure of your story and look at the individual events and scenes. Um, yeah, and do that for a pantser. You probably do this at the editing phase. That's true. Honestly, I think a lot of people will probably do this at the editing phase. I'm I'm a lot of a planner. I do plan a lot. Um, my story still manages to surprise me, so I think mm-hmm. I have a little bit of pantser mixed oh, I, in. But... I think so for sure because you'll send me. Um, you'll be writing and you'll be going, okay, this just <laughs> happened. This is not what I expected, and you know, what do you think? So yeah, I just. I just had that happen on a book that I'm working on right now. I have been writing here and there. It keeps me sane while I'm in the middle of trying to get a bunch of work stuff done. Like I have to have something to mm-hmm, definitely. do that's not work related. And so I've been working on the, I'm close to the end of this book that I'm writing. And um, I had this, it's not a, it wasn't a problem or a plot hole really, but like just a piece of information that just popped into my story and just decided, Hey, this is, this is how it is. And I was like, you know what, that actually makes a lot of sense with what I did mm-hmm. earlier in the book. So I'm going to keep that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that a lot of pacing and getting the pacing right is going to come out in editing. Mm-hmm. Um, because while I have that happen, like I know I need to go back and look at, you know, where that fact came from and make sure it works with, you know, how I build up to that. Uh, piece of information. Yeah. Cause sometimes when I'm writing, I'm at point A and I know what point B is. And so sometimes in my first draft, I'm just writing to get to point B and I yes. have to go in later. And like you said, fix the pacing, fix the word choices to make it flow the way. But in my first draft, I'm just, I know this is where I want to be and I'm trying to get there. Absolutely. I yeah. do that too. You know, yeah. I, I think every time you read one of my first drafts, you say, you know, oh, it's a little skeletal. And then as soon as I give you a rewrite, you're like, this is this yeah. is much more fleshed out. This yeah, is great. Definitely. So I think, I think editing is definitely uh, going to be a big spot for um, fixing pacing. Yeah. The, the one book that you have read the, the, that you wrote the first draft that I thought was just beautifully written from the get-go was Louie and Delaney. Yeah. There wasn't a single part of that where I was like, oh, yeah, she's going to go back and fill that in. I mean, it was good from the beginning. Well, I rewrote that one and you still haven't <laughs> read the rewrite. I so. have not read the rewrite. I, I've got to do that. Yeah, but it is complete. And I do think it's way better than the first draft. I, you know, I did add more description and parts where the pacing need to be a little bit slower. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Um, coming up. But yeah. for sure, I think rewriting and revising and editing your work can help you out a lot with getting mm-hmm. the pacing right for your readers. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be able to look at parts of your story where you need more fast moving pieces and more tension. So like kind of what I was th- talking yeah. about with doing my rewrite, I was like, oh, I know this part needs to be slower. Or I know this part needs to be a lot faster and I can fix that. Yeah. So in the rewrite, this step that he's or she, whoever wrote this article that you're using, yeah, they're saying that you go through and you break it down after you've written it and then you look at each of those breaks and determine how to make the pacing flow. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much because, you know, once you finish your first draft, cause I'm going to talk about it as if we are using this for revising your, your works. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's applicable if you are, you know, writing your first draft as well, but you know, you can see all of the events 
uh, that have taken place and you can mm-hmm. feel, you can get it, kind of get a feel of the tone and the atmosphere and the, the speed at which things are moving. And sometimes, you know, you can just feel when something is rushed. Um, and so if you have your events planned out or already written, then you can see all of that and see where it needs to be rushed or where it needs to slow down. Yeah. And I think also your beta reader or maybe alpha reader, I guess, is a great help in figuring out absolutely pacing issues. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Definitely yeah. use your beta readers um, mm-hmm. or alpha readers. Like you said, both mm-hmm. are super valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, likewise, you'll be able to see where you can give the reader a small break from tension and that edge of your seat and all of that kind of thing to slow things down for the narrative. Yeah. I, I think that's super important. Um, yeah. you Like we've said, you just can't have them on the edge of their seat the whole time. Plus you can't get information to them it's very hard to get information to, so you're in a fight scene and you're trying to get, you know, who hold, hold that thought person. That's about to slice my arm off. Uh, I have to get this information. In. So yeah, you've got to give them a, your reader a break and it helps you as a writer take the time to get information in that you've got to get in that you can't do if it's go, 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 go. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, use sentence, paragraph, and chapter length to influence pace, which uh, I know we've talked about a little bit because we did an episode on fighting scenes, mm-hmm. and those are usually very fast paced. Those are very rushed, um, and we talked about using shorter sentences, mm-hmm. um, you know, different line breaks, uh, shorter paragraphs, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, but you know, I've I've heard a lot of people also at conferences that we've gone to, like the Atlanta uh, writing workshop that we. Mm-hmm would go to, you know, people would ask how long should a chapter be? Like, what is the correct length for a chapter? Um, you know, how long should your book be? But I think it, it really depends on, you know, what experience you want your reader to have. It's more about what is good for the story and less about what is the standard for length of a yeah, chapter. I don't know that there is a standard. It's whatever it takes to get that piece of information out there to your reader. I mean, yeah. there we talk about Karen Monning a lot. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, oh, that's fine. We talk about Karen Monning a lot, but she had one chapter that was, I think, one paragraph long. Yeah, it was in a one paragraph. Of her books. And mm-hmm. it was one of those that as soon as you and I finished reading it, we were like, <gasps> we were like, oh, my God. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And it was mm-hmm. awesome. Very well done. Very good storytelling and a very good experience for the reader. You know, um, we we talk about I think it was last week's episode where we were talking about doing a, um, going at reading some books and talk, breaking it down for our listeners. Yeah. We actually had one of our listeners say that it would be really good to do the, um, dragon Lance series, which you've heard me talk about that. I've heard you talk about that one a lot. Yes. It, It was my very first foray into fantasy world. And it was because at that age, I was playing Dungeons and Dragons right? and it is a Dungeons and Dragons book, but it, it would, she is correct. It would be a good one to break down as to symbolism, as to all kinds of things, because lots of story elements, I'm sure there are a lot of elements in that. So I didn't, that's totally off topic, but I wanted to tell you, because I hadn't told you that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. We, I think. That is a good idea. I think that would be a lot of fun to do. Maybe we could uh, do like a read along with our listeners sometime after my graduation. Yeah. So that I'm not dying while I try to read books and stuff. Yeah. Um, but that would be a lot of fun. Like we could do, you know, every two months, have a book that uh, we're like a book reading club and... episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That we could would do be one fun. Every other month or something like that. We can yeah. talk about that. Yeah. that. That does sound like a lot of fun. I like that idea. Yeah. 
Um, and then, like I said, use shorter sentences for a faster pace. It's going to make your reader's eyes move a lot quicker across the page. They're going to, you know, scale. it's going to feel very fast as they read. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you lengthen your sentences, that's going to force your reader to slow down because they're going to process one sentence and it's, it's longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it'll take more time to process that sentence and what is happening and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that leads me into what I thought should come next before I even read the article. I was like, oh, obviously this is next, which is use heightened detail when you want to slow things down. Yeah. And word choice too. Absolutely. Yes. Not just the details, but the words you use to describe the details. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this will help you make your paragraphs longer. It'll slow the reader's eye. Uh, mm-hmm. It will allow them to take in, you know, more about the character surroundings, what's going on in the setting of that scene. Um, and talk about other events that are potentially happening in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, so this will like, I think doing that, adding all of this description and lengthening those paragraphs, it's going to let your plot dip in that pace. It's going to move slower. It's going to mm-hmm. give your readers a break. Um, and I think it's also going to maintain a richness that you set up within your story, within the world that you're creating. It's going to create a richer experience. Yeah, it goes back to that realism. It it creates that reality because mm-hmm. life isn't all one speed. Right. Um, you know, and, and as I said before, it is really hard to get, you've got to get certain information in that you can't do while someone's check hacking your arm off. Yeah. Um, you know, there have to be moments that are slower to move the actual plot forward. Cause absolutely. A- although action does move the plot forward, it can, but there are other ways you don't want the plot moving forward all in one way either. Cause that becomes right. boring as well. It does become monotonous. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Do you uh, chop off your character's arms often? Apparently I'm thinking about <laughs> it because that's come up several times today. I, I was just curious. It sounds yeah. like it happens a lot. And I just, you know, I'm trying to remember all of your books. And I know how many of, of them my, are armless. All of my characters are going, oh my God, she's talking about me. <laughs> this is They're just going to like creep back and within the back of your mind. They're just going to be like, I'm going to just scoot back yeah, here. I'm going to be quiet for a while now. I'm not going to talk. <laughs> Um, use introspection to develop your character and con- and control sp- uh, pace. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh! I'm sorry, my See, we're my not brain drinking. I promise. I don't know <laughs> no, it's tea. It's not even spiked. <laughs> Um, but I'm guilty of using introspection, uh, especially with first person characters. I think it's way easier to use an introspection. Um, you know, because you're within your character's head at that point. Um, well, and- you say that like it's a bad thing to do that. No, I don't think it is. I, well, I guess I did say I'm guilty, but I do use yeah. it a lot. It's something yeah. that I use a lot. And, you know, an, uh, another author, which I've we talk about all the time and already have in this episode is you know, Karen Monning. Mm-hmm. Um, the Fever series is one that uses a lot of introspection. And that's based, you know, the character Mac is based in a lot of introspection. Um, mm-hmm. So it becomes a very uh, almost philosophical type of series where, you know, you're you're trying to think about, oh, who am I? Um, why am I doing the things that I do? Do I actually believe these things, et cetera? I mean, um, I- introspection can also have different paces. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can have that epiphany, which would be a, a fast pace where you're like, holy shit, this is, this is what, I, you know, I never understood that this is why I do this or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. And you can have a slow introspection where you're like, you know, and you're pondering things. So, so introspection can be a variety of paces. 
And, you Absolutely. know, like I said before, it's hard to reflect on yourself and you be introspective if you're fighting for your life every second of the day or yeah, about exactly. to have your arm chopped off. <laughs> right. So I think, and I think that's the point is that, you know, a lot of the time your character is not going to have time to introspect if they are in the middle of a fight or if they are in the middle of doing something or they've got to find this artifact or yada, yada, yada. So I think that's what it's saying is like, uh, if your character has time for introspection, that does allow for a dip in pace. Yeah. You know, I think I know why I'm talking about chopping arms off. I've been watching criminal minds. Uh, (laughs) One of the serial killers was chopping off the arms and heads and legs of his victims. So I think that's where that it's in the back of my mind. It's wow. So your (laughs) books are going to be a little violent. these Yeah. My, my characters are very scared right now. Yeah, They're like, (laughs) please stop watching violent TV. (laughs) Okay. Good grief. Um, also a lot of character development can happen through introspection. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's something, oh, you know, yeah. character development is one of my favorite things. It makes sense why I use it a lot, mm-hmm. uh, because I love character development. Um, but self, you know, introspection can reveal motivations, provide understanding, a sense of empathy, uh, and help your characters be more realistic because everybody thinks, you know, we all think to ourselves, we obviously have, our, mm-hmm. The way that we think is, you know, a form of self-introspection. I, I like introspection when it it does lead to that epiphany where they've thought something is correct their whole entire life. And as they find themselves in these situations that you put them in and the, to go through the plot, they realize, I, I like realizations, I guess, is what it is that I'm trying to say. They realize that what they've always thought is not correct. And there's a huge amount of development and growth for the character arc in those moments, which can be fast or slow, depending on on how you write it. That's very fair. I want to point out that that is also very frustrating to realize that things are different because I just did that at work. And it's the most annoying thing in the entire world because it's not even just three weeks of data that I lost. It's like I've been doing this. You know, I have been working really hard to do these three weeks of data but it applies to data that I did before this as well. So it can be a very frustrating realization. Mm-hmm. Um, so introspection is not like whether it's a slow pace or an epiphany or what have you, or a realization, it might be a dip in pace, but that doesn't necessarily make it quote unquote boring. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be very frustrating for your character or it can be a relief for your character. So showing your character's emotions through that. Yeah. Also. And that dip in pacing, just because it's slow, doesn't mean it's not going to grip your reader who also goes through that realization and introspection with your character and is like, oh my God, you know, that it, it, it happens to your reader too, especially in first person um, stories, yes. which is what you and I write right. yeah. mostly, um, you know, first person novels are automatically introspective. Like you were just saying about Karen Monning's agreed. Um, yeah. Because you're seeing everything from their point of view as it happens. Right. Um, you can also use flashbacks and backstory to change up the pace. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if that was in the article that um, you were I reading. I don't remember. It's been a while since I've done these notes, so we'll see. But, yeah, same. <laughs> um, but you can simultaneously halt the story and give in- additional information and context to your readers by using backstory or flashbacks. Um, but keep in mind that you shouldn't just use them for the sake of change of pace. You shouldn't go, Hmm, I need to change the pace. This is kind of monotonous. Let's do a flashback. Like I was going to ask if have we, sorry, I keep interrupting you, Uh, but I was going to ask if we've done an episode on flashbacks and stuff. I think we did an episode on 
prologues, but I don't know if we've ever done one on flashbacks before. Interesting. Okay. We'll, we'll have, have to, to look, look and see, but yeah, you're, you're right. You know, and Taylor has always said, don't put something in your book just for this one particular thing that you think is supposed to happen. Right. It, it's got to be necessary to the plot, necessary to the story. Right. Um, if you can take it out and it doesn't change what happens in the story, then it, it probably doesn't belong in the story. Yeah. Um, for which sure. I know is super heartbreaking because I've definitely done uh, on my Louie and Delaney rewrite. I actually take out an entire plot line that just wasn't necessary. It didn't do anything for the story. Mm-hmm. It didn't add to character development. It didn't it didn't help in any way. Mm-hmm. And the story didn't change when I took it out. So, yeah. Which um, is sad because we yeah. do as writers become attached to a lot of our writing and the subplots and things that might never really make it to the final book, but we become attached to those things. And that's why I do. I save them. I don't, well, and you know, I was going to say, I actually, uh, the plot line that I took out, I'm now using in book two and it's actually pertinent to the plot line. So you, oh, nice. you can use yeah. it like it, it'll come back. So don't be afraid to you know, cut things out and make sure things have a purpose. And and it um, really is easier if you save it, you know, yes, yes. Somehow deleting it permanently is just heart wrenching, but, you know, set up a folder for that particular story and put cut out scenes in there. And then like Taylor just said, you might go back and use those in episode two episode. See, I've been watching too much nope. uh, TV <laughs> uh, series book two. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like on top of that, ask yourself what is necessary to include and what isn't. Mm -hmm. You want to strip your story down to its essence. You want to make sure that you have everything that is absolutely necessary to get across the story that you want to tell and then see if there's anything else that you need to add. Um, You really are going to have to do that anyway for writing your query letter and your summary and all of that. So this is a good time to, to start thinking along those lines. It just happens to be that you're looking at it at this point for pacing. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, Ask if everything in your novel contributes to the plot, character development, or the reader experience. Like, I I feel like I forget that one a lot. I'm like, oh, this isn't necessary to the plot, but it's also like something that's very good for the reader to to have maybe um, to invoke or evoke. I don't remember the right word there, but some emotion or empathy for your characters. That is important for your reader experience. I haven't ever thought of that looking at it from when I'm, when I'm cutting things or editing things, I have never looked at it from the reader's experience perspective before. That's very smart. Very smart. I'm very, I'm very bad at that. I'm yeah. I think, I think it's important because we, as readers, you know, we talk about Karen Monning a lot and how Mm -hmm. that one chapter that was only a paragraph long was such a great reader experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The way she titles her chapters, great reader experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So super, important to think about that aspect as well. And, you know, if pacing needs to be faster because it's been slow, you know, that's for the reader experience. Off topic a little bit. I, on (laughs) Twitter, I ran across a question where someone asked, do you write stories based on what you want to read? Or do you write stories based on what you think a reader wants to read? Do you want to hear my answer? Yeah. What I, what I think would be the answer. Yeah. Um, I think you should absolutely write for yourself. You know, there's a reason that you're writing. There's um, uh, there's a reason that you've wanted to tell the story. Mm-hmm. So tell the story that you want to tell. And then on revision, think about what would be good for the reader's experience. That's my same answer too. I've never written. I've never gone into writing. That's not why my characters talk into my head. They're not saying, hey, 
Joe Blow out there wants to read this story. It's yeah. they talk to me and they're telling me their story. And I want to write that story and read that story and learn about these people. It has nothing to do with I'm writing this to make money, which I, you know, I wonder if that's something that published authors do have to worry about because once you're published, you have a um, agent who's telling you, you know, you've got a deadline. I, I don't know. I wonder if that affects them. Well, I still think it's, I think it's super important. I'm obviously not published, but I think it would still be very important as I almost had fuzz fall into my feet. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm uh, like, I've got <laughs> snow in my background and you've got snow yeah. in front of your computer. <laughs> it was aiming exactly for my tea. So, um, oh no. What was I talking about? What was I saying? Oh gosh. What are talking about? <laughs> oh, I think it's super important to have fun writing your story. If you don't oh, yeah. have fun writing your story, then your reader's probably not going to have fun reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're bored with the scene, your reader is going to be bored with the scene. So I think definitely write for yourself, get out the story that you think is fun, have fun with that. I imagine published authors have the same thing. Patricia Briggs talks about, you know, she'll keep writing Mercy as long as people love it. And as long as she's mm-hmm. having fun writing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I think that's uh, the one job that I can think of mm-hmm. that you really do have fun doing. And if you're not yeah. having fun doing, it affects your reader's experience and you're not going to sell those books. So I think right. you have to write for yourself. Absolutely. I think so too. Mm-hmm. And then you can fix reader experience on revision. Mm-hmm. I, cause I love the craft of writing. I love making it better. I love Me making too. it a great story. Words are so. They're cool. so fun. Yes. yes. Um, so, you know, I, it's fun for me on both, both sides. The first draft, it helps a lot to be like, well, no one's going to read this. I'm it's for me. The mm-hmm. second draft, it really helps to be like, oh, well, like, let's clean this up. It'll be a mm-hmm. really great story. Mm-hmm. So interesting. I didn't mean to take us off topic, but I just thought about that. I saw it on Twitter, I think this morning. Yeah. Awesome. Um, oh, you brought up this, this note that I have next, you know, ask critique partners and beta readers, oh. alpha readers for feedback in pacing. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's going to be the most, probably the most important tool that you use in order to get your pacing right. And they may not be able to explain that it's pacing like one of our beta readers is your sister, Courtney. Oh, yes. And she's not a writer. Well, she writes scientifically, beautifully scientifically, but she is not a fiction writer. And so I don't know that she would read it and say, oh, your pacing is off here. But she can tell you this part was boring. Yeah, yeah. Or this part made me uncomfortable, uh, you know. Or like this part was too fast. She uh, was reading a book series and she and I talk about books every now and then. And she said that the first book wasn't very good. And I was like, well, why? Like, what makes you say that it wasn't very good? And she was like, well, the story was fine. Like, I'm, I was interested in the story and the characters and stuff. And she was like, but it was just very, like, it was just rushed. Like, one moment they were in the castle and the next they were, you know, at a campground. But they, like, busted someone out of jail. And it all happened within, like, three pages. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, that's a pacing issue. Yeah. And um, see, she didn't know to call it pacing. She couldn't have right. sat down and said, okay, Taylor, your pacing's off. Because she doesn't write. Right. But they will be able to explain to you what, that there's a problem there and why they're uncomfortable reading it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Beta readers are super important for it. I I will 
you know, hammer that into my own head because mm-hmm. I think beta readers are so important for mm-hmm. pacing. Yeah. Um, poor Sid, she's been wanting to read my, fr- my freaking fairies book forever. And now I think she's probably too busy to do it. I never did get it to her. Yeah. She'll be busy for a few months, but she'll yeah. have a break in April. So send it to her in April. She'd be good to go. Okay. Very <laughs> cool. All right. Um, but yeah, they, they can tell you where the story feels disjointed or inconsistent, you know, where it should feel more urgent or where it should provide more attention, especially if it is, um, you know, a beta reader that is, uh, experienced in writing themselves. Like yeah. if they are also writers, you know, obviously said she's not a writer. She just enjoys the story, but she can mm-hmm. tell you also like Courtney does. Well, that part seemed a little fast. I don't know why. Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand, you know, how these things happen within five pages. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So th- yeah, I guess we summed that up. I was going to say, you know, <laughs> th- they're able to tell you when it was boring and all that, but we've already covered that. Definitely. Much, also yeah. for beta readers and stuff, we did do an episode on that. If you're interested in that. Um, I don't have the episode number off the top of my head. I really should look those up when I make comments like this. In my yeah, head. me too. <laughs> but yeah, but, well, and we're at a hundred and Two, I, said. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. there's a lot to go through, but, but we do, we do have a, a good one about how to find beta readers, you know, what, what to look for in a beta reader and how to be a good beta reader and so. how to be a good beta reader. Yeah. 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 I think a lot of like you and I are both people that would listen to this podcast, but we're both writers and beta readers. So yes. Yeah. You know, you're going to have a circle of friends that might be writers, but they also are going to be willing to be a beta reader and they have a different insight than someone like Courtney or um, Sydney because yeah. they are writers. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, don't assume that good pacing means fast paced. You know, I feel right. like a lot of people probably think like, oh, fast paced, you know, it's going to keep you engaged. The readers mm-hmm. on the edge of their seat. I want that suspense, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But if everything is fast paced, like you said, you're going to give your reader a heart attack. They're not going to be able to keep up very well, or they'll be tired of it or, and you know, get it's like, bored. oh, I just, even even yeah. fast paced stuff can be boring when it's too much. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Oh, they're and, fighting. They're still fighting. Oh my God. They're still fighting. Right. You know? Well, because like, you know, if you if it's always fast paced and they are always fighting, you know, when is your reader going to connect to your character? When is there yeah. going to be the oh, emotional caring? Yeah. yeah. You know, for the characters that you've created. Why are they going to care that Joe Schmo had his arm hacked off? They don't care. Yeah. Um, you want them to care about your character. So yeah. Um you know how you were saying that sentence length can change the pace, but the yeah. action can too. You, mm. you can make the actions, the actual actions can be fast paced or slow paced. What do you like, mean? Like we were talking about walking versus running, you know, the oh, action, oh, the actual, I see. the thing that they're doing. Like um, traveling. Yeah. You can either or, be at breakneck speed or you can be at a slow meander. Yeah. Or the action could be, you know, they're waiting for something to happen. Like in criminal minds, there's a stakeout. And so the action of sitting in the car is slow paced, but there's also the hint they're waiting for something to happen. So the anticipation, you, yeah, you yeah. can use that as well. And while they're sitting, waiting on a stakeout, that's a great time to have character interaction. That's a good point. Waiting, which can also change the pace. Definitely. Definitely. That is a really good point. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, I visited one of my favorite resources of all time, uh, Masterclass. I use them Um, all the time too. I love Masterclass websites. So if you're ever like stuck on a writing topic, first of all, you can submit a request to us, but we'll do an episode on it. But 
you can also Google it. And a lot of the time masterclass will pop up and there are some really, really great tips, uh, on masterclass. Um, so, you know, keep characters physically moving during dialogue. I thought that was so good. We've done an episode on dialogue. We did. And we did talk about, what did you call it? The talking head? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where there's no action. It's just, it's yeah. just pure dialogue. There, yeah. You don't know what your characters are doing. You don't describe what they're doing or how they say things. They're just, it's just pure dialogue. And that can mm-hmm. get very monotonous. It's very um, uh, boring for your reader to read just a page of dialogue. Yeah, I uh, think so, that episode was episode 16. I actually knew that one. The dialogue. I you know that one. I don't know. <laughs> Cool. I liked I liked that episode. We fair, yeah. That that okay. really is something I have always struggled with is, you know, dialogue. So I enjoyed doing that episode. I learned a lot. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. So episode 16. Um, you know, we do talk about keeping your characters moving, taking actions between dialogue, between sentences that characters are talking about. Um, it's a really great way to keep your readers engaged and keep action on the up and up, even while characters are having a conversation. Um, yeah, I mean, I think dialogue is crucial in many, many ways, as we talked about in our episode, but it is definitely a good way to shift um, pacing. I mean, think about your, because I do this to my poor husband, my brain goes 50 million miles a, a minute. And so we'll be talking about something and my little brain will have something come in and I'll all of a sudden go, oh, but da, 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 da. And he's like, what? <laughs> Where did that come from? But you can do that in your novels too, to shift pacing and um, make it better, faster, slower, whatever it is you need to do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah good point. Uh, reveal information selectively. I thought this was also a really great tip. You know, how much information do you want to reveal? When do you reveal it? It plays a pretty big role in creating tension and suspension, suspension, suspense in your novel. <laughs> I mean, suspension too. You are suspended. (laughs) Yep. We're writers. All right. You can tell. (laughs) I am a writer. I'm not a talker. Okay. Well, I'm a talker, but not in a good, eloquent writer way. (laughs) Yeah. As they can tell from our blog, we both have issues saying what we're trying to say about writing. Clearly. (laughs) Clearly. Um, Yeah. Beware of info dumps too. Um, not only does that yeah. slow down the pacing, which might be what you're looking for, but it is boring. And I have a huge problem with info dumping. Oh yeah. And I don't realize I do. And it's not until I have a beta reader read it and they're like, that's an info dump. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, I do. I have a problem with it. So yeah, beware of, of that too. Even though it does help slow down and you're getting information that you need in there, don't just dump a ton of information like I do into that part of the book. <laughs> Yes. That's a super good point. That I'm when and how you do it. Definitely. I'm glad you mentioned that because info dumping is a, I think something that a, a lot of writers, if not all of us uh, have an issue with at some point or another, what, be it at the beginning of our writing journey or even like in the middle or towards the mm-hmm. end. We, I think we all have that problem. And, you know, that's something that you can phase out in editing, but it is a yeah. really good uh, idea to keep your eye on that, your mental yeah. eye on that. I had a better way to phrase that. And it just, <laughs> I thought that came out good. A mental eye. I like that. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. (laughs) Um, Read your work out loud. This Mm -hmm. goes for all kinds of editing. I think we've talked about that before. You know, I have um, word reads to me, so I'll turn on word and I'll be doing the dishes just to listen to my book and it'll catch um, uh, typos and all that kind of stuff. But it's also going to give you a really good sense of your pacing. Like, oh, like 
I was talking about Courtney's issue uh, with that book that she was reading where, oh, in one page they were doing this. And then three pages later, they were somewhere way different doing something completely mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it can give you an, an idea of like how awkward the timing is and the pacing is, you know, does it flow? Is it boring? Is it too fast? It can give you a good feel for that. Yeah. Speaking of that for our patrons, you did a PowerPoint. Yes. On how to keep up with time, the time. Oh yeah. My timeline. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you support us, then you'll have access to that. She did a really good job. Um, And timeline also goes into pacing. I mean, yes, because like you said, Courtney said, how did they get from here to here? And you've got to make not only that work, but you've got to make the pacing of that work too. Do you want to actually have them walk through the hill to go through the door, you know, (laughs) or are you going to somehow you've got to do it logically so that your reader's not going, how the hell did they do that? Absolutely. You can't travel through, you know, it takes more than five days to get where they were going or whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, definitely. And my timeline, uh, PowerPoint has saved my life. It's just something I came up with, uh, just over the years of writing and it, it just helped me keep myself organized and my pacing organized, uh, and the events in my novel organized. And I block it out by chapter. So it gives me my idea of like how my chapters are moving, mm-hmm. what, uh, pacing is involved between chapters. So I was talking about earlier, you know, lay out your book. That's what my timeline does. It just lays out your entire novel by events and by timeline. Super, super helpful. When you start your novel, do you know the time frame that it's going to take place in? No, absolutely me, not. Uh, me either. <laughs> I just want, I like uh, freaking fairies is set in the fall and it actually ends up being in like a two week time span that this yeah. happens. But I didn't know that when I sat down to write it. I wondered if you planned that kind of thing. No, no, not at all. Um, and sometimes I do end up changing the timeline based on like, oh yeah, that doesn't make that sense doesn't that work. it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I need more time between events. Uh, and so I'll just like throw in a day, which, you know, requires rewriting and editing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it fixes the pacing and my, the timeline does help a lot with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. So support us and you'll have access to that. Yeah. Go, go get that. It's a lot of fun. I color coded mine. I, you know, I, uh, put in the template that I gave you guys, like all of that. I color code, I, mm-hmm. you know, do it by slide. I, you know, all that kinds of stuff. So mm-hmm. yep. go check it out. It's super fun. Yep. Um, another good resource that I glanced over was the right practice. I've used um, them before too. Yeah. I think I've also used them before on episodes that we've done. So go check them out. They've got a lot of really great topics. Uh, if you're struggling on any aspect of writing, we probably maybe have an episode on it, um, mm-hmm. but also check out those. Cause we use them as a source a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, scene changes and point of view switches are opportunities to move at a different pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so switching, um, you know, if you're in third person or even first person, depending on how you're writing your novel, switching from a character to another character is a really good way to take a break. You can end on a cliffhanger with one character and then the other character is, you know, eating breakfast or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, good point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a really good way to, uh, change your pace. Mm-hmm. The first sentence of each scene sets the tone of that scene and the tone and pace are fundamentally linked. You know, if you have a tone that's going to be calm, then it might be a slower pace scene. Did we do an episode on tone? I think we I did. Wanna, I want to say yes. I think we did. I think we I, did it might have been a mini episode because it, it might have been. Okay. Not sure. We'll have okay. To look. Yeah. Um, shifts in tone and pace can be 
facilitated by diverting to a subplot scene. Oh, that's a great idea. Absolutely. Kind of the same idea, I think, with the point of view shift, but this way it's, it's more of a shift in plot rather than a shift in character. Yeah. In my very first book, which I need to totally rewrite it, the high fantasy one, I do have a whole lot of characters going on. So I switch character point of view um, a lot and it you, it is a perfect time to change the, the pace. Yeah. Um, and then another book that did that was The Wheel of Time. Yeah. Which they've actually made into a series now on Amazon. I'm, on I've, Amazon watched, right? I've watched a couple episodes so far. Um, fantastic series. Th- those books are phenomenal. Um, but they also do the change, you know, and and it, it's a good and a bad thing. It keeps your reader wanting to not put, put the book down. You know, right. you'll be at this point and they do, they leave this chapter on the cliffhanger and you go to the next page and it's someone else. And, and you're, you're like, like, oh crap and then you read it and then you get all wrapped up in them and then it leaves that and it goes back to you know so sometimes I get frustrated with that but it keeps me turning the pages so I don't know if that's a a good thing or a bad thing absolutely yeah Yeah. no I think it's a great thing you know because a lot of the time the character switch will happen and you're like oh no like I don't want to do that and then you realize oh, actually we left this character on this, in this spot yeah. where I was like, oh, like I don't want to change characters. <laughs> so it's, and it's a never ending cycle. It, I yeah. think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, be careful about falling into a pattern with pacing. You know, you don't want it to become predictable. You want to keep your readers, you know, guessing, you know, what's going to yeah. happen next. That's same with the sentence lengths, you know, chapter lengths, anything. You don't want it to be the same every single time you do want Absolutely. to vary it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, ch- you brought up chapter breaks. It, it, it's a great way to break up the story and provide pacing chapter breaks are, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, bringing in a cliffhanger for the end of a chapter is a really good way to keep your reader wanting to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also end a chapter on like a, a very calm note. So they're like, oh, okay, like I can take a breath and take a minute before mm-hmm. I move on to this next chapter, you know, so you can control the way that your pacing feels by chapter breaks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exercise restraint and hold something in reserve for the fastest, most climactic scene. So, you know, you might want to tell your reader, like, this really cool thing is about to happen or like this really cool thing is happening. But if you save that for your climactic scene, then it's going to feel that way where it should feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think studying books uh, that you enjoy is a really good way to look at pacing. We talk about that a lot and we've talked about it in our last episode about Mm -hmm. breaking down books. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at how other authors do things, uh, is a really, really good way to learn how you enjoy books and how you want to do things for your story yourself. Yeah. I guess if we're going to do these books, book club type, um, episodes, we need to give our listeners a long time because everybody's busy. And so we need to like, give them a month advance, you know, next month, we're going to talk about book one of this series. So yeah. that they can start reading and we can start reading because, which isn't going to be until after she graduates because you know, she yeah. doesn't even have time to read right now. More than three uh, months from now. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and, and maybe we can post the, uh, we'll come up with a book. I mean, we could do yeah. the Dra- Dragonlance book. I don't think you've read it. Um, I have not read it. That would be fun. Although I will say reading books that I haven't read before might be difficult just because I will be invested in the story That's and we'll forget true. to look for symbolism or whatever we're, we're That's talking true. about. I mean, and Karen Monning, Patricia Briggs, those would be great author. Kresley Cole. Kresley Cole. Um, yeah. Some of my all-time faves. 
for sure. For yeah. sure. Uh, that's all I have on pacing now. Yeah, me too. I think we talked a whole lot longer than I expected to. <laughs> I think we did. It was, uh, we, we had changes in pace of our, we sure did. We sure did. Um, I do have an interview question for you. Okay. Uh, do you find yourself writing fast paced, uh, or more slower paced scenes more? Hmm. I know I do write fast paced and usually that's at the end, the climatic thing. I have a really hard time not being too rushed in that climatic ending because I know where I want it to be and it's going to be so cool and I'm right here. And so I I write very skeletally fast to get it there. Um, I enjoy writing fast. It I feel it just, you know, the story comes and I'm in the moment in the story. So I enjoy that. But I also, like you, enjoy writing the slower paced things, yeah. the introspective things. I yeah. do like the building tension and romance scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Which tends to be a slower pace. We all have those feelings, but right. they're not fast acting. Right, you know, right. It's it's a slower pace time. So I don't know which I do the most. I, yeah. I like them all, and there's a place for all of them. What about you? I, I agree. I was trying to think. You know, I do really enjoy the introspection aspect of writing a first person character. Um, you know, obviously they're talking in my head, and I get to put them on the page. Uh, so I get to kind of flesh them out and do some character development with them a lot, and that's one of my favorite things in the entire world. Yeah. So I I think I probably do a lot of introspection. Um, at the same time, we do write urban fantasy like there. You can't avoid fast paced right. scenes. And I love writing them. I think I have the same issue as you. When I get to the climax of my story, I write really, really fast and it's very yeah. skeletal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'll hammer out 20,000 words in like a week because I'm, it's, it's fast paced. And, and, you know, all yeah. these things are happening. Yeah. And it's still like the book itself also feels very fast paced because that's the way yeah. that I'm writing. Yeah. Um, and it's very fun. And I, I can feel myself thinking about those fast paced scenes where it's like, Oh, what's going to happen next? How do I describe the way that her arm is getting chopped off? <laughs> um, for example, that's uh, the theme and, of this show today. <laughs> it is. Um, so I, I love writing fast paced scenes, but I, I do thoroughly enjoy uh, getting the characters to know each other and developing character relationships, not just romantic, but also friendships. I think writing friendships is also one of my favorite things because it doesn't yeah, get done very often. I like the humor and I don't know if those are fast paced or slow paced. I would say probably slower paced. I don't know that. I don't think we can also divide it into two camps, I think right? Like you're it right. Yeah. I think it's, there's got to be some middle ground there because you can't have just slow and you can't have just fast. And sometimes there is a middle and freaking fairies, she gets herself into these situations that are super funny. Yeah. And there's some of my favorite scenes to write. I do enjoy these humorous things. And some of them are slow paced. Absolutely. And some of them are action scenes where these things, she's like, I can't believe that. What is happening? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, did, how did this happen? <laughs> how did we get here? What is my life? <laughs> so, yeah, Definitely. I, I guess. I don't, I think I do both fast and slow and in between. And I think that's as it should be. I, you know, I think when I first started writing, uh, like a decade ago, um, I did a lot of fast pace because I was like, action, action, action. It sounds, Mm -hmm. you know, I want this fight to happen. I think it's really cool. And she gets attacked here and da, 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 da. And the more that I've grown as a writer and as a reader, um, I love 
diving into the character themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I've managed to bring in a balance between fast paced and Mm -hmm. slow paced. Yeah. um, I also have a sentence challenge for those of you who are interested. Um, Again, use this sentence anywhere in a work of writing that you're uh, working on or create a new work if you wish. Um, But this week's sentence is it was a race and I lost. That's a good one. Yeah. You want to do the... The what outro. Called? The outro. The yes. outro. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. We really enjoy doing this podcast for you guys. It's super fun. We obviously love talking. Uh, even if we're not drinking alcohol, we can obviously talk a lot. Um, <laughs> we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, come and follow us on all of our social media. We have Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all the all the good stuff. And the best way to find those is on our website. So eatdrinkrightpodcast.com. Um, I think I said that right. Um, and then the best way to get in touch with us, you guys are great about leaving comments on our YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's another one. Go check us out on YouTube. We do have YouTube videos, um, that we post, uh, for these episodes. Um, but, uh, oh, the best way to get in touch with us is at our Gmail address, which is eat.drink.write.podcast at gmail.com. And we, we love getting emails and comments from you guys. It's, it is awesome. And I'll get more involved after I graduate, uh, and getting to, talk on social media and and doing all that stuff and yeah more we stuff would love to, to come yeah love to chat with you guys and thank you all for your support we really couldn't do it without you it's amazing how much time money and effort goes into doing a simple you know two people talking i know um, i know <laughs> but but there is a lot that goes into and i've learned a whole lot about how to edit and making movies and all kinds of stuff that i never knew i was gonna learn but it, absolutely we couldn't do it without you guys yeah come check out our patreon uh p-a-t-r-e-o-n mm-hmm. uh, dot com slash edw podcast mm-hmm, um, we would love you guys to support us we Thank you guys so much for the patrons that already support us. Mm-hmm. We adore you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, every now and then I come up with a writing template that um, I use for my own writing that may be helpful for you guys. Uh, and we put those on Patreon. So. Yeah, we try to do special stuff just for our patrons because they are going out of their way to help us. So Absolutely. we we try to do that. And Taylor's done some really good. I'm not creative that way and <laughs> coming up with templates like that. But she is and she's done several and they're on our Patreon. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. All right. We'll see you next time. See you next time.